Welcome to The Best Idea of All Time, a podcast where we watch Carol, and we talk about Carol every week. I'm Laser. I'm Alice. It's episode 20. We've made it 20 weeks doing this. That's amazing. Good for us. Yeah, Uh, it's it's (laughs) happening, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Today, we are joined by iconic Canadian, dear friend, uh, (laughs) writer cartoonist creator of television and uh amazing um selfies and and friendship <laughs> kate Leff. hi kate hello thank you what Welcome. an intro listen your hi. hair your hair looks incredible right now not everybody can see it but we can you also introduced yourself by saying you're wearing a accidental star trek uniform which is also good that's exactly right yes mm-hmm. just to set the scene for everybody um yes Welcome to the best idea of all time. Um, just to, uh, I, I, well, we started doing this podcast. You commented on my Instagram. Do you remember what you said? I do not. You said, I can't believe you're doing this with a two hour long movie. <laughs> it's such a, it is not a short film That's is true. the thing. No, but it is a good film. Yes. It's a very good. Oh, no, it's an excellent film, but it is not a short film. I I will say after watching it 20 times and having memorized literally all of the dialogue, it goes by a lot faster now. I believe that. Yeah, I could see Mm. that. Yeah, (laughs) it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. Weirdly doesn't drag. Although I will say I paused it today at one point. I think I paused it in the middle of the Tommy Tucker lunch at Mm. um, Mm. our breakfast Mm -hmm. with a like coffee as long as it's hot. And I did not want to start it again. Oh no. I was like, I don't want to hear this guy be awkward to Carol. Yeah. It was not a good pause. There's certain yeah. there's certain parts where if I'm watching it alone, I'll be mm. like, I I don't I don't need to experience this mm. like a seventh or eighth time. I'm good. Ooh, I'm good. What, do you know what parts those are? So when it gets awkward the first time with the mm. guy at the Times, mm. um Danny McElroy. Yes. <laughs> uh, a number of the experiences with Richard. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the, it's all the men. It's all the men yeah. that are getting in the way yes. of the good stuff. Um, fair, fair. And the like, do you think a boy could love a boy? I'm like, I know where this is going. I don't <laughs> need to hear Richard's opinions. And yep. so, yeah, I will, I will do a little, <laughs> a little skip. Well, you have yeah. you you come off the high that is seeing the two record store New York lesbians in the corner. Yes. That's, that's like oh one of God. the peaks of the movie. And then you go truly, immediately into that conversation truly. where instead of answering his question, she just walks away faster. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Oh, man, I love them. The stone butches of the uh, film. Just like so iconic. They're very good. Uh, so so we should we should back up a little bit. Kate, tell me your history with with Carol. Sure. Yes. Because I know that as long as I've known you, you've known Carol. <laughs> I've known Carol. I'm very fond of Carol. She's an important part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I watch the film every Christmas and sometimes during the year as well mm-hmm. when I want to get in that holiday spirit. Um, yeah, so I 
have loved it for a really long time because uh, even from the book, from The Price of Salt, um, which I read when I was younger and was obsessed with in the way you get obsessed with books when you're in art school and you're gay and um, just Patricia Highsmith's whole vibe. And then, yeah, when the movie came out, I was like, there's no way this is going to be that good. And it was that good. And yeah, so I've just, and I love Kate Blanchett. She's amazing. And I love Sarah Paulson. And it's just, and just everybody involved with the movie, you know, it's one of those movies where it's just like all, everything is working in tandem to, to make a good final product. Yeah. Just excellent. Um, (laughs) when you were, when you were reviewing your Carol, knowing that Mm -hmm. you were coming on this, on this show was, did anything stick out at you or, or on your many watches? Are there things that change as you watch it multiple times? Um, I, I think I just find Carol more fascinating every time that I watch it because the character or the movie as a whole, sorry, the character um, of, of Carol, because she's, I just, I love, I love a narrator who is not, 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 not a narrator, but like a female main character who is not entirely sympathetic. Mm-hmm. She is so flawed and so nuanced and so real. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I just love that. And I love all the other characters as well, but obviously she is uh, transcendent. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, do you, is she your favorite? Or are you an Abby person? Or are you, are you definitely a, a Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm an Abby stan, you know, yeah. from way back. You're, you're a friend of Abby. You're a friend of Abby. <laughs> I am yeah, a friend yeah. of Abby. I love <laughs> Abby. And I okay. think the first time I watched it, I didn't know that Sarah Paulson was uh, gay. I didn't know right. about Holland Taylor. I don't even know if that, if the public knew, I can't mm-hmm. remember. Um, oh, but now when I, yeah. And now when I watch it, I, I just love it even more for her. <laughs> Imagine Holland Taylor owning a steakhouse outside of Paramus and just really. (laughs) I'm obsessed with it. Have you seen there was this clip and I don't even know what it was from, but somebody was being sort of flirty with Sarah Paulson. And she said to them, you'd have to be about 80 years older for me to be like interested. (laughs) And I was obsessed. Uh, I love love her. I just saw her at she introduced um, Tig Notaro at the Greek theater. And it was wow. the most awkward thing I've ever seen. It was so perfect. Oh, really? Yeah, they oh. were just both being so awkward because that's a perfect bit. And she wouldn't leave the stage. Right. Um, oh and Tig was just like, so I'm going to do this. And she's like, oh, okay. So you want to hang out or no? And, no, okay. It's great. It's, it was like the weirdest and most beautiful gay moment. I love that. Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah. That's so that's special. Fun. Uh, so if, um, if you could be a character in Carol two, a story that does not exist, but if obviously you have to write the whole thing in your head in order to cast yourself, um, who would you like to play? So can I make up a new character or is this an existing character I'm taking on? Okay. So I was going to say, uh, the editorial director at the times that starts working with Therese on her photographs. Yes. And whether or not we become romantically entangled, I become entangled in their relationship somehow. Oh yes. Yes. I love this. I don't know how, but I, I throw a wrench into the works in a, in a fun way. That would be (laughs) a good sequel. I I could see you with a pair of cat eye glasses and like a, like a nice nice button up blouse. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Well, I'm there too in Mm -hmm. my like, 
with my fancy fifties outfit and my, yeah. and my cat eye glasses, but mm-hmm. yeah, it'd be great. That's my dream. Mm-hmm. And you're also somehow yeah. transporting in from the Star Trek future. And it's very yes, confusing exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, we, we believe that um, Carrie Brownstein is a time traveled because we don't believe that she looks like a, a 1950s woman in the movie. No, she is the best cameo in a film because she's in it for like four seconds through a window at yep. the end. But it's Carrie Brownstein. So uh-huh. it's just like the lesbian pedigree of this film is just <laughs> off good. the charts. It's very good. It's they're, incredible. They're making it happen. Yes. Uh, um, so how do you uh, how do you feel? How do you feel about the fashion of Carol? Oh, Okay, so because this is always something that I care very deeply about, mm-hmm. um, I immediately and have always loved the fashion of this movie. The the just the styling, mm-hmm. Kate Blanchett's hair mm. is a work of art. Yeah, yes. it is. I could stare at it forever. I love when it starts to come unraveled and looks a little greasy in the in the back third of the film. Even like that, even looks perfect. Um, and yeah, the costumes are amazing. So I looked up the uh costume designer for the film whose name i can't remember her last name is powell yeah Um, sandy powell sandy powell thank you who also uh is an incredible looking person Mm -hmm. just there's like a red mohawk thing yeah alice sent me her um her instagram this week and it's for real for real like if amazing bowie had a sister i think that's the closest we could we could get on earth So I went and looked it up and sort of was like, what's her deal? Because I love costumes. This is a thing with me. I am not a professional costume person, but I am fascinated by costume in film and TV and everything. And yeah, she's uh, she's been nominated for 15 Oscars yep. <laughs> and has worked on everything. But what my favorite thing was that like her sort of break was doing the costumes for Orlando, the Tilda Swinton time traveling gender bending movie, um, which I haven't seen, but have seen a lot of photographs from because it is a movie that people mention a lot when they're talking about, you know, interesting and good costuming in film. So now I have to watch that for sure. But yeah, great, great, great stuff. Yeah. A double nomination for a Grammy in 98. You, or not a Grammy, an Oscar. Sorry, yes, that's cool. <laughs> I'm very excited. Uh-huh. <laughs> the costumes are so good you can hear them, and then they uh-huh. got nominated yes. for a Grammy. <laughs> it's really wild. She's also doing the costumes for the upcoming live action Snow White with oh, uh, oh, that's so Regis fun. Ziegler. Yeah, so I, I'm very excited oh. for that. And also the, the script for that was written by Greta Gerwig, which also like insane. Wow, what is this movie? That's wow. gonna be weird. I like yeah. that. Well, that's like. Because wasn't Snow White and the Huntsman, wasn't that one of the last ones that um, Eiko Ishioka did? And I might be mm-hmm. pronouncing that wrong, but the designer who did like the cell and Dracula. Yep. And uh, yeah, Snow White gets good costumers. Mm-hmm. Huh. <laughs> it's, okay. it's a story that lends itself to some good costumes. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yes, they are amazing in this movie. Carol's red nails specifically mm-hmm. are, per- which I know is not an, an outfit thing, but um, mm-hmm. well, I guess it is. It's part of the style. They yeah, look yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be the same people. I'm learning a lot about costumes yes. right now because we're costuming our musical. Oh, yeah, that's true. We keep asking our costumers like, well, is this a costume thing? And they're, they they say in unison because they're twins. And you know them. Yes. Um, like I do. if you wear it, if it's a costume. If you hold it, it's a prop. Mm-hmm. And it's very surreal and spacey <laughs> and bright. <laughs> but I think the nails are Uh, they've they've taught me a lot over the years yeah yeah wonderful and great but yeah very good 10 out of 10 costumes in carol um in my opinion everybody's tells a story about them they are like Mm -hmm. even rooney mara's um 
stringy little bangs. You know, it's just, <laughs> mm-hmm. it serves to make her look even more innocent and naive and the way that her hair evolves over the course of the movie. It's just great. It's great. Everything is considered. And I appreciate that. This was something I was, I noticed on this watch, which is at the beginning of the movie, Jack sees Therese from behind in the restaurant in the hotel mm-hmm. restaurant thing. And how does he recognize her? He hasn't seen her for months. She looks pretty different from how she looked before Carol. I agree. Yeah, that's strange. Because it is. Her hair is being done. I mean, it's being done more like Carol's hair. It's got that sort of curl under thing. Yeah. yeah and she's dressed a lot more like adult and fe- and, and, and feminine than the sort of like, like schoolgirlish outfit she wears before. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. What's up with you, Definitely. Jack? How do you know everything? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or he's just, or he's just randomly like calling out to people all the time at, in yeah. restaurants, and it's really a problem. And this is the only time he got it right. He just says yeah. names whenever yeah. he rocks into rooms. Yeah, <laughs> he got it right this one time. And that's, and uh, there are lots of other movies that start with him running into a room and yelling a name, and they just don't go anywhere. <laughs> weird. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, um, what do you think is the most realistic awkward thing about this movie like this 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 relationship is so like um strange you know like i mean it's not Mm -hmm. strange but but like following it and it's it's kind of people keep talking about how it's like a slow movie but Mm -hmm. i never feel slow to me because i actually care about them (laughs) right (laughs) exactly Um, it's just it's a slow build because lesbian romances are slow builds it's it's accurate is all it is yeah yeah i'm just yeah i guess i just i'm curious about like what moments stand out to you that you that you feel like yeah this feels like what make what makes this particular story what what is it that patricia highsmith is able to add the details you know that make it feel real oh i mean i the thing i love about her so much is the way that she captures uh obsession you know Mm -hmm. in in the way that you can become so consumed by another person and like that i don't know it's that feeling of like they're sent lingering on you kind of you know what i mean like it is Mm -hmm. it's who they are is like inside you and changing you anyway it's (laughs) i can't talk about it without getting very sexual i'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) please 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 because that's what it is but it's like i mean it's very one of the things that's really interesting to me is that i didn't learn until later in life that this this book originally was based on Lolita or it took a lot oh, from Lolita and yeah. was because it's, it has a lot of parallels. It's not quite as um, horrifying <laughs> sure. because it's lesbians and one of them's not 14. So at least there's that, yeah. but it is the like secret pining relationship. And then they go on this road trip and they're being tracked down by the law. And so it's, it's similar. Um, and sorry if you've already covered that many times. No, no, but we haven't talked about that. Not at all. that angle specifically, no. <laughs> right. Please, so I, go I found on. that very interesting because, yeah. like, Lolita was presented to me in a very creepy way when I was younger. And then I came mm-hmm. to The Price of Salt when I was older and mm-hmm. understood my gayness uh, more and was like, oh, this is nice. I get to kind of like uh, reclaim this experience. So um, I sort of got lost in what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's just now. Yeah. That's this great. is totally an no. aside. I was going to say, have you listened to Jamie Loftus's Lolita podcast? I have not. It's excellent. No. So it's a it's a it's a deep dive Ooh. podcast into Lolita from the perspective of a woman reading it. It talks about oh, it talks about the, the character, the way the the way the story has been misinterpreted so many times, and like all of the different right, adaptations yeah. of it that that fuck it up. It's 
it's excellent. I cannot recommend it enough. Yeah, we were talking about that just the other day about like how it's it's just like Breaking Bad or Catcher in the Rye, where it's like you're you're not supposed to identify with the protagonist. This is a lesson that is supposed to be learned, but people mm -hmm. do, <laughs> and they well, they get yeah. all the wrong things from it. Um, but not in this one. It's mm -hmm. fine to identify with Carol. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Yeah. <laughs> What do you what do you think of their relationship dynamic, especially in the movie? Where because like like we've talked in the past on the show about how it feels different in the book, partially because the book is from Teresa's point of view, and so you have all these mm -hmm. like obsessive thoughts in her head. Whereas in the movie, she's a lot more forward and a lot more direct with with Therese, um, and almost like you know right. coming onto her in a certain way. Um, how do you what do you think of the relationship in the movie? I think the dynamic is a little bit, does feel a little bit different. Like Carol is kind of ste steering the ship more. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's been a lot of years since I read the book. So it's mm -hmm. a little foggy for me. And this has sort of eclipsed it sure. <laughs> in my mind. Oh, yeah. From having seen it so many times. But um, I do, there is there is a power imbalance, I think. Mm -hmm. And it, for sure. I do like that the movie is not afraid to say that like it is mentioned and is like she's mm -hmm. awfully young she's very naive like do you know what you're doing no i never know what i'm doing but mm -hmm. that is also realistic and i'm a lot more willing to buy into a power dynamic age gap relationship between women than i am between an older man and a younger woman mm. and i know that women can still be predatory mm -hmm. and manipulative obviously yeah. but um, lesbians also have a smaller phone book <laughs> to look through, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, <laughs> that's real. So an age gap, I don't know. I, I'm also right now, and I don't know if either of you have seen it, but I am also watching Gentleman Jack and mm. oh, okay. it is incredible historical lesbians. And mm -hmm. there's also a sort of power imbalance age gap relationship where the younger woman is a little more naive, a little less worldly. This is kind of like her first foray into um gay stuff. And mm -hmm. so that's just that's just on on my brain right now, which is yeah. a kind of a nice place to be. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Do you find yourself having being a Therese or a Carol in your relationships? Have you been both? Have you have you primarily just been one? That's a great question. I have definitely been a Therese. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Especially when I was younger, very naive and easily led into things. Mm -hmm. um, and I have once once or twice been the Carol where it has been like if I've been with a girl, especially who has not been in a lot of queer situations, um, because, you know, as a bisexual person, you end up with more frequently other <laughs> bisexual girls because sometimes lesbians are a little wary of you. That's just yeah. the way I think. So I'm sorry if that's problematic. That is mm -hmm. I come from a small town. Anyway, um, yeah, so I would say a little bit of both, depending. Mm -hmm. Never as well-dressed or, yeah. you know. <laughs> That's a high bar to clear, though. It, it is very, very well-dressed, well though. Yeah. And Carol, I think, so would much. have your exact tattoos if she, if she were around in 2022. That is so sweet. Even the one of, like, cranky Wonder Woman. Yeah, I think she would have exa exactly. <laughs> would she have the peach on her butt? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> she probably has I that one already. That. Like, that's the only one she has. That's true. Yeah, we it's don't true. see it in this in the love scene, but I think it's there. Uh -huh. And I like to imagine. It's implied. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's heavily implied. It's heavily implied. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
when Therese <laughs> says, take me to bed, she's the, the next line is, I want to see the peach. I, no, she says, I want to see you and the peach tattoo you have on your butt, yeah. please. <laughs> right, exactly. When I brought that up, I forgot that you were with me when I got that until yeah. a few seconds out. Yeah, we did. Yeah. That was a that was a bonding experience between us, Laser. Yeah, that's great. Um, actually, this is a, speaking as an, a, a, a Canadian and a cartoonist, um, did you, do you know about the, I guess you, have you noticed that the Waterloo, Iowa sign is obviously a stolen piece of Kate Beaton art, artwork? No, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I haven't. This is, this is a mild investigation we've done on this podcast because we have a lot of time. Okay. On our hands. Okay. Um, but they have this <laughs> welcome to Waterloo, Iowa sign and it's, it's a picture of Napoleon that is clearly a traced picture of a Kate Beaton napoleon really yeah yes. okay that they probably send me a photo of that if you have it because I'm, i've I'm never looking it up right now yeah text it to me i've never noticed it, it but i yeah i would know <laughs> yes. i also have a kate beaton tattoo this is the that's the... yeah well you said the wonder woman thing and that reminded right. me to, yeah. to bring me bring it up because um so what our theory is after much research and talking to kate um was that uh they they were like, well, we want the art department to do something like this. They Googled Napoleon cartoon and then they just didn't do enough steps away from the original. <laughs> um, and just basically okay, yeah. did the exact same thing with slightly different colors. Um, of course. Yeah, uh, it's it's a shame. I have linked yeah. it in the chat. If you look on the right side of the window, there's a chat. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'm so excited to see this. Click, click, click. Oh, it's such a large image. Where are wow <laughs> that is blatant yeah it's very okay. blatant that's him yeah. yep that's wow um here is the, the little original. like circle arms and everything yep yeah oh it's just wow. great yeah that's incredible yeah i'm impressed honestly yeah i guess you would notice that if you watched it 20 times i yeah well i mean i noticed it almost immediately because it's kate beaton and i've right. seen a lot of her art but you know that's so amazing it's just <laughs> it's just her art huh. very okay strange. well thank you for introducing that to my experience and actually in the um in the screenplay it literally oh, says yeah. that there is a napoleon cartoon on the sign and, and and kate suggested because it's one of the first things that comes up when you google napoleon cartoon yeah. right that they just did that and because people don't if you're not a person who knows about comics or right. art or yeah. how that works on the internet it seems like the thing to do for sure mm-hmm. yeah wild yeah. wild i love that that's delightful I mean, we could we could put in our headcanon that kate beaton is also a time traveler i guess that sure it yeah. was a sign painter in iowa in the absolutely 1940s i guess but really Why i'm not? just upset that she didn't get paid <laughs> well yeah, yeah obviously because because this but this film had such a big budget yeah it had a huge budget. handing <laughs> handing money out left and right yeah yeah still what was the budget of this movie i don't know i know it was small i also know that yeah. it was it got cut during pre-production it was mm. going to be larger and then they cut it which is why they had to shoot in cincinnati in the first place they weren't oh. going to shoot it in new york and then production budget got cut so they they went to cincinnati and it worked out, um, but also, also then Todd Haynes shot another movie in Cincinnati a few years ago. Um, oh. So he, they, there's a lot of there's a lot of interviews where they complain about the food, but otherwise they seem to like they seem to have liked it. <laughs> I was gonna say, I mean, a third of the movie is just women wistfully staring out car windows, yeah. and that couldn't have been terribly expensive. But you know, 
Yeah, they <laughs> they did shoot it on film, and there's all of the mm. eleven eleven million dollars, which is not much at all. Yeah. Right. For, uh, okay. Yeah, that's reasonable. Although compared to the other films that they are bringing up, which are Disobedience, Wonderstruck, and Far From Heaven, it is more. Um, mm. I wonder why those are the things it's comparing it to. Interesting. <laughs> Dunno. <laughs> Possible to guess. Disobedience, such a such a slow movie. That one, I, that one, I couldn't do. Mm. I haven't seen it. the The trailer just looked too depressing for me. Mm. I'm very it's pretty depressing. I I only I've seen a lot of bad lesbian movies in mm -hmm. my life because I came out very young and was looking for anything I could find. Mm -hmm. And I, so I've seen just the swill that's out there. Yeah. And yeah. when I see stuff now that still looks like, uh oh, it looks like they're going to be really sad and the husband's going to be really angry. I'm like, yeah. I don't. Carol is an exception because, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. happy ending. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> We can't all be watching Kissing Jessica Stein forever. Like, we oh have my to god! On. I have a letterboxed list that I made that I occasionally update when I hear something new. That's lesbian movies, which are a verb and a woman's name, because oh, it's like yeah. Kissing Jessica Stein, uh -huh. Chasing Amy, yeah, um, fucking Amal, yeah. which is the there's a, a uh -huh. bunch of them. Loving Annabelle, yeah. um, there's so and anyway, I've seen all of them uh -huh. and. uh yeah, I was talking about Lost and Delirious the other day and how that was mm. like one of the only queer movie, like quote unquote queer movies I had available to me at a certain mm -hmm. point in my life. And it is uh, it's bleak. Yeah. It's bleak. Have you seen have you seen Tell It to the Bees? Oh, my God. Have you seen Tell It to the Bees? I have not. <gasps> no. So, so we, we've, we've been doing this thing. This is actually how the podcast started, basically, was Lazy would come over to my house and we would watch a, a lesbian movie and sit in a hot tub. Oh, amazing. Lesbian and... movie and hot tub night. Yes. Oh, right. I remember being like. I want to get invited to that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you're ever in Los Angeles, we'll, yeah. we'll make right. it work. I'll Look be back. Up. Um, but yeah, uh, so we watched Tell It to the Bees, which is a Anna Paquin movie that mm, takes place no. in, it's set in Scotland. It's based so on a book. good. It's so good. <laughs> yeah. And so Anna Paquin plays this like doctor who comes to this, comes back to this small town where she, where, which was her hometown and no one in town likes her. She has a bad reputation and it's because she's a lesbian and right. Her, she falls in love with this woman whose husband, they have a, a woman whose husband, like husband or boyfriend or whatever, they have a kid, they have a son, and mm. he, they, the son is obsessed with keeping bees. <laughs> and so then as the, as the, as the wife gets, um, the wife falls in love with the doctor, the husband gets angry because you can't be a lesbian. And, of course. And I guess I'm spoiling it, but at the end, the son <laughs> psychically sicks the bees on the husband to kill him. The, 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 oh, amazing. They're supernatural bees. Okay, but it's not like that's unheard of, because have either of you seen Jupiter Ascending? Of course. Yes. yes. One yes. of the greatest films of all time. All bees love gays. The bees can sense royalty. Yep. <laughs> the bees <gasps> can sense royalty. Will never, oh. ever in my life forget Sean Bean's dead serious delivery of that line um so here's a great story about alice did you know that the Thanks. wachowskis just did a big um auction about about a bunch of their stuff from their i did i heard about that yeah uh including channing tatum's ears from jupiter ascending alice what oh did you God. buy from the auction i bought the matrix themed pachinko machine whoa from which which they which they had from japan and that's so cool 
I'm now trying to figure out how to get a freight distributor to send it to me from <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> That's amazing. I oh, I yeah. so wouldn't even let myself look at it because yeah. I knew yeah. I would I would spend money I don't have because yeah. man, I collect arcade machines and stuff so it's gonna it, it'll fit in really well with the rest of my stuff oh that's very cool yeah mm-hmm. that's perfect i'm so happy for you <laughs> mazel tov thank <laughs> you like... i'm so happy for you <laughs> i know you were gonna get something i didn't know what it was gonna be and i'm very happy that it's a pachinko machine that's beautiful yeah that's great it's very cool i had I was a friend pulling who... for the speed razor segue but that's okay oh i wonder how much that went for there was a speed razor segue <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a segue that someone in the movie wa- uses Perfect. Perfect. Please go ahead, Kate. Yes. Oh, I was just going to say, um, before this happened, like a year or so, I don't know, time doesn't mean anything anymore, but um, a friend of mine bought at auction um, Hugo Weaving, couldn't remember his name, Hugh Laurie? No, Hugo Weaving's um, script from The Matrix, uh, like his copy of it, then that had his notes all over it. And um, this friend like scanned it and uploaded it. And I looked at so much of it. This is not related to Carol. It's just really cool. It's gay. It's fine. (laughs) It's gay. Oh, it's gay. Big time. Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. Here's this is another thing that's not related to Carol, but that's okay. We've gotten to this point. Um, (laughs) Last night, I I watched Legends of the Guardians, Owls of Gahul. Oh, my God. Which which also has Hugo Weaving in it. Do you know about this movie, Alice? Okay. I don't. (sighs) It's it's a movie directed me. by Zack Snyder, um, oh, yes. and it is a CGI movie all about owls uh-huh. um, that is based on some like YA fantasy book. Um, it, it it the cast is incredible. It has Helen Helen Mirren or Judy Dench, yeah. Helen Mirren, I think, and Sam Neill. And Hugo okay. the cast is unreal. It's very unreal and it's just like super realistic owls having problems and some of them wear hats yeah the the thing so like i had just been hearing about it a lot Mm -hmm. because i live with someone who finds that movie and its existence very very funny and made like a hilarious trailer reel for something unrelated that like the trick was it kept um, turning out to be the, a trailer for the Owls of Gahul because the movie also had like three different names at the time mm. of release. It was like Guardians of Gahul, the Owls of Gahul, Legends of the Guardian. Like it changed yes, a bunch it of has times. A lot of titles, yes. Yes, and then we finally ended up watching it when we went to a cabin and they had like five DVDs and one of them was Guardians of Gahul or Legends of Gahul or whatever. And I described it as a movie made by someone who was like very upset that anyone else had ever written a fictional owl incorrectly like it's so obsessed with getting owls right they talk about like a lot of pellet talk there's a lot lot of pellet talk talk in this movie they do they talk so much about like gizzards or giblets what is the oh yeah gizzards yeah there's a lot of gizzards they They use gizzard instead of heart when they talk like very sincerely about believing in yourself yes it's a real troubling it's a real troubling kind of it's really something and apparently uh owl city wrote a song for the movie for when they approach the owl city oh god that fucking guy wow yeah amazing i mean for years film critics have been saying the problem with owl movies is there's just not enough verisimilitude it's just not real 
<laughs> I cannot be transported by all of these incorrect facts. They are not talking about their pellets enough. <laughs> it is nasty. It's just nasty stuff. It's, Weird it's a, movie. It's so much pellet talk. It's it's like the plot of the movie hinges on the pellets. Anyway. They do not shy away for the reality of owl pellets. They they put that right in your face. Yeah, really good. And they're really yep. bad at flying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and who's yeah. the big guy that's in it? Um cannot remember for Barbosa. the life of me. I um, Oh, Jeffrey yeah. Rush? Jeffrey Rush. Yeah. Mhm. Jeffrey Rush is in it. Good job, Jeffrey Rush. Yeah. Good pay. Yeah. Anyway, Carol, um yeah, no we should owls. talk about Carol. No owls. There are, there are no owls in Carol. No owls in Carol. Um, do you have a favorite? Uh, uh, do, if you you have a favorite man in this movie, Kate? Oh my god. Um, I I like the guy from the Times when he's hanging out in her apartment and she's painting later mm-hmm. on. Oh, yeah, because he yeah. seems like he has come around and he's Danny cool McElroy. now. Yeah, the, yeah. The ally, Perfect. strong ally. Danny yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I think him and. I can't think of anyone else. Yeah. yeah. There's a guy, sells, other... the guy who sells Sorry, the ahead. records at the gay-friendly record store. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool guy. He's, cool guy. He, he, he did nothing wrong. Um... <laughs> I enjoyed watching this week because last week we interviewed Fred. Uh, at, um, Carol's lawyer. Carol's lawyer. The actor oh, who cool. plays Kevin Crowley. Uh, he was great. He was a very nice person. Um, and it was fun to see um watch because he specifically talked about how he wanted to play the character as somebody who was not anti-gay um even though Mm. all of his lines are just kind of being he's not a very good lawyer (laughs) but he's not homophobic um and it's fun to see that like he's just trying to win his case um (laughs) you know it's like it's kind of that like it's a little bit the don't ask don't tell policy right like i want to help you but i don't want you too but i don't understand why you have to keep being so gay all the time yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. big through line in gentleman jack and he does basically send her to conversion therapy yeah. yes that's true that part is upsetting i don't like hearing about that no poor carol no although it's very patricia highsmith yep big time problematic lady mm-hmm. <laughs> yep uh one thing I noticed from this watch was one thing I was thinking about a lot was the difference in how like reactive Therese is to Carol when they meet and and in like the lunch scene and in um when she agrees to go on the road trip basically immediately versus in the scenes where she's with uh Richard or Triangle Man as we call him. Mm-hmm. Um I don't really I understand do you think that at some point Therese thought she loved Richard? Was it just that he was interested in her and she went along with it because that's what was expected of her? Because, mm-hmm. like, it seems really hard to picture, at least in what, what, in what the movie shows us, her being enthusiastically in love with, with Richard. And, like, you see the way that, like, she's kind of, she rejects, but she's a lot more passive with, with Danny McElroy when he kisses her in the, in the Times. Whereas mm-hmm. with with Carol, it's like no, I'm I'm going. I want to go. Yes, yes, I'll go to your house. Yes, I'll go on your road trip with you. Like no mm-hmm. hesitation. Yeah, I personally, my belief is that Richard is just what has been expected of her, and she is just going along with it. Like I don't get buy vibes from either of these women. Like they mm-hmm. are in it to win it with women. 
That's how they say it. There's a flag for that, right? Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think it's much more of like a compulsory heterosexuality thing. Like, and she seems so irritated by him from the get go. You know, yeah. she's like, "Yeah, okay, I guess we're together. I guess this is what we're doing. You're like a relatively attractive man who's not horrible to me." And for most straight women, that's like the bar. So I get it. And then once she sees Carol and once they get together, it's like all of a sudden she starts to get this confidence because she's realizing what she actually does want rather than what she doesn't, I think. Yeah, I I agree. Totally. And she doesn't want to go to she doesn't want to go to Europe before she meets Carol even like she's already hesitating about that. Exactly. Exactly. She wants to go with Carol. Yeah, I would love carol and therese's european vacation oh my god if they went to euro <gasps> disney can you imagine that'd be so good they're out i would love it carol yes, and disney, disney bound <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> that'd be so good dapper day carol is snow white and therese is like i don't know winnie the pooh or something for some reason perfect yeah i would love it yeah i think you're right i think she's so annoyed with richard it's yeah. kind of like they're She's more so like they're siblings than they're it's just like we spend a lot of time together i guess this is what i have to do kind of vibes yeah um, we've all been there man you know <laughs> for real sometimes <laughs> sometimes it's just what's happening yeah <laughs> can i can i potentially ruin the movie for you and, and explain one of the deleted scenes kate please do you know about this i don't i might i don't probably not Go ahead. <laughs> in the, between the scene where they're at the bar and then they're stumbling along on the on the street, and then and then it cuts to Therese and Richard to sleep in her bed. There was a scene where Therese gives Richard a hand job, and they actually oh. filmed it. I know, gross, right? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, that's I can't. Mm. It wasn't yeah. necessary. No, yeah. I mean we know she's not into it. I I assume the point would have been that she's not really into it. So, yes. yeah. Oof. Who would? Be? I'm glad they cut but, it. Good job. Part of me, part of me, thinking about it a lot lately. Part of me wonders if that would have been like the least sexy sex scene ever filmed. Yeah, like she's so ambivalent about it. Yeah, I can see it. Just be like cleaning a drain. Like you're just you're. I mean, that would (laughs) truly be like a Todd Haynes. Like, see how gross straight people are. This is the the most disgusting and sad thing that's ever happened. Uh Look at this. Look how much this sucks. Not wrong. Not yeah. wrong. Yeah. Yeah. But instead we just get the good stuff. So yeah. that's nice. Yeah. I feel like every the more we learn about like the cut scene, the deleted scenes, not cut scenes, deleted scenes and the like stuff that was in the book that is not in the movie, the more I appreciate the way that the movie is crafted to make this like mm. such a it's not like perfect and positive, but this love story that has this like beautiful arc to it. Right. And like every and, scene I, that happens. <sighs> I love that it's not perfect and positive. It's yeah. it's part of why this movie is so close to my heart. It's like it manages to be complex and nuanced and kind of screwed up and weird. And but also it doesn't like punish the women by killing them. You know, it's yeah. it they get punished and they go through horrible stuff and some of it they deserve and lots of it they don't. But mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's complex. And it I think that's that's really cool. And it's not just, you know, 100 percent gold star perfect representation yeah. <laughs> i mean i mean and you know you, what i mean you know what i'm saying yes absolutely i mean like you you write a lot of of gay stories you have in in, in in universes <gasps> of others and your own um, i can't help it yeah and it and i want you to stop 
Kate. And this yeah. is an intervention. Damn it. I can't. No, written letters uh, yeah. to, just, to, to tell you how, how it's affecting us. Damn it. Yeah, I just can't, you know, um, think of the children, I guess, is my, no. Um, but yeah, I guess my question is, how does that imperfection manifest itself in the work that you do as well? Or if you have any examples of that. I Well, I would say it's something that I've grown into because when I first started trying to put any kind of representation into things, I wanted it to be 100% perfect and unproblematic because, mm-hmm. you know, there was so little of that that I wanted to get it out there. And now mm-hmm. there is actually enough gay stuff in media um, that you can get more nuanced and you can have more complicated you know, descriptions. I I did a story in uh, Hellcat when I wrote that for Marvel. And one of the things that I was proudest of was that there was a character who was bisexual. And I showed that he had been in a relationship with a woman who was dismissive and kind of biphobic and was like, this isn't a real thing. And I didn't, I couldn't, you know, I didn't get as as into it as I might have if it were like a novel, but Mm -hmm. it was, that's like a messy thing that's real that I wanted to show. And so I like I like to do that. I like that we've gotten to a point now where we got through glee, you know, and now we can oh have God. nuance. Oh my God. We live in a post glee society and it's so <laughs> oh. beautiful, finally. <laughs> and now we can have the now characters, you know, yeah, we can we can have movies where it's they don't just die or mm-hmm. kill themselves or go back to their husbands. You know, it's not the only yeah. option. And mm-hmm. so it's something right. yeah, it's something I try to do. I mean, I, I have to say, and I'm probably going to cancel for us. I've been trying not to say this on this podcast, but it does feel like the reaction to queer media a lot of the times is trying to hold it up to some perfect standard as if like we are still in that world, like the, the mm-hmm. Glee world where we only get one of these kinds of shows. Like I think about the reaction to Happiest Season where a lot of people were really disappointed in it because they felt like, oh, it's, 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 it's gaslighting or it's, nuance, or it's not nuanced or it's, it's these characters are mean to each other. And it's like, well, but it's also like, a big budget studio Christmas movie, like rom-com. It's not right. meant to be nuanced. It's meant to be silly fun. But mm-hmm. if if you think, oh, I'm never going to get another Christmas lesbian Christmas movie, it has to be perfect and represent me also. Yes. It's so, it's so hard. So it feels like we're still, we're still, we're making a lot of progress, but we're still not there. Maybe at least at the, at the highest level, like all of the, all of the, the prestige lesbian movies have been period pieces. That's something that's been, that's been talked about, including Carol. Um, whereas, whereas the contemporary ones, like stuff like that. Well, what I was going to say, and, and something that I think is really interesting is that it, it it is exactly that. Like I didn't really like happiest season, but that was because I just didn't think it was very funny and it wasn't like, but the thing people don't really get when they're like, you know, why isn't this first gay movie perfect? Why isn't this first movie where we've had like a predominantly non-white cast perfect? And it's like, People who are not the majority have not had the decades and decades and decades of practice and stumbling. And, you know, Tim Burton gets to make garbage and garbage and garbage and still gets to keep making movies, whereas like female or gay or non-white directors, you you know what I'm saying? Like you you get it. (laughs) Everyone listening to this gets it. It's that you don't have as much time to screw up. You don't have as many opportunities to make a flop because then it's representative of your whole demographic. And I hate that. I think we should be allowed to make bad movies. (laughs) Like I watched, I watched a queer Netflix movie that, or maybe it was Hulu or something that it was two guys and oh, single they, all the they way. made yes, and they make yeah. constant references to Task Rabbit, <laughs> the app, and it's so <laughs> weird because clearly they like 
sponsored yeah. the movie or something, but it'll like yeah. stop dead in the middle of a scene to explain how Task Rabbit works. And it yeah. it's oh so like, God. yeah, we should be allowed to do some of those. They're not all gonna be Carol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I agree with you. Participate in the gig economy is what you're saying. <laughs> yes. And we should be allowed to make messy movies where the protagonists are not morally pure because gay mm-hmm. people aren't (laughs) because no people are (laughs) i don't know i'm with you yeah well well i also just defended happiest season on the internet so like there's someone writing a twitter (laughs) thread about me right now i (laughs) I don't i don't dislike it for any reason other than i was like oh this dialogue is kind of cringy yeah like Mm -hmm. i i don't want to destroy it (laughs) i am neutral (laughs) do you have a favorite line from the film carol Kate or a line that you like I mean I have a few yes please run through your run through your your tops please so run through my tops um number one is Carol yeah (laughs) number two is Abby um (laughs) (laughs) no my definitely and I'm sure you've had other people say this uh when Harge says I love her and Abby says I can't help you with that and shuts the door top you have tier it? Do you have it this is a really great thank you so much kate for sh- uh uh setting okay. us up for to plug our store uh oh. where we have stickers and shirts that say i can't help you with that <laughs> perfect uh, i did not know that's fantastic uh, you can get them now at alice.deals uh alice.deal what a website that's oh, fantastic there's also a patch apparently that says i can't oh help gosh. you with that oh that's Amazing. so good it's definitely one of the best i also this time watched it with the subtitles and yes. loved uh Therese it's like the subtitle is like Therese pauses piano and then like when Carol lifts her hands it's like Therese resumes piano and that was actually one of my favorite lines this time <laughs> unspoken uh, um very good oh there's and then obviously flung sense. out of space the way she says it on the yeah. phone is very like oh but yeah so I'm I guess I'm a basic Carol no, favorite no, line it's person. A really good line. It's it's a yeah. line so that we good. use a lot in our daily lives. Yes. Um, so good. It's very Alice likes to say it to me. Amazing. It it's appropriate though. It is. It's very Alice, there's good. There's a lot of things that Alice can't help me with. La- Laser does some confounding things sometimes, and <laughs> it's the only thing I can think to say. It's very good. It's it's definitely something I have said in day-to-day life to people who have not known I was quoting Carol. So I've, yeah. that actually has happened to me a lot recently. Um, I actually, I said to somebody earlier today, my reputation rests on my efficiency. Which <laughs> 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 um, is not very like good. good. That's not a good hero. Yeah. Um, what do you think about Therese Resumes Piano, Alice, as an episode title? We can do that. Um, I have a couple more questions real quick if if, if we're okay with that yeah so one is we like to ask our guests if you had to watch a movie like we're doing for every week for a year Mm -hmm. for some reason if you got sponsored or something I think that's the only way that most people would do it Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) what movie would you pick that's a hard one because it's I wouldn't want to watch something I really like because I wouldn't want to get tired of it I admire that you've done Carol. What are you trying to say? Yeah, I know. (laughs) I would want to watch something that's like, and also, I mean, okay, so I did talk at one point in time about doing one about Jupiter ascending simply because 
there is so much going on in that movie and the it's Wachowskis are so interesting and like mm-hmm. there would be a lot. There's a lot. There's gold in them Nar Hills. <laughs> it's a lot of Eddie Redmayne though. It's a lot of Eddie It Redmayne is a lot of Eddie do. Redmayne. Yeah. But I, as I have said many times, the movie is so fun if you not pretend because it's not even a stretch of the imagination you recognize that eddie redmayne is playing lemon grab from adventure time in that movie it really enhances the experience i cannot recommend that highly enough no i see i see that a hundred percent that right the screaming so right it's so good um so it would have to be something like that i'm i that's like the first thing that came to mind it would have to be a weird one probably owls of gahul yeah, probably, probably the Owls of Ghoul. Okay. Oh my God. It's what a. Mm, no, I couldn't. I couldn't do it. I absolutely could not do it. A lot of I'm going to say Jupiter Ascending. Great. Because it's just, it's niche and not everybody's seen it. And so that's always fun because you'd be able to find, I feel like you'd be able to find a lot of pretty strong opinions mm-hmm. one way or the other. Um, we also like to ask our guests about the, the infamous Harold or Lesbians post, which I'm oh, going to. Sure guess yes. that you're familiar with as a person as a queer person on the internet okay yes so where in the movie do you think that that line was uttered oh oh i don't know maybe like in the cafe the first time when they order the sure. eggs the lunch whatever scene. the yes this yeah this is this the... is my theory as well mm-hmm. yeah what is it that she orders i was trying to remember. it's like creamed cream something spinach cream... over poached eggs cream spinach over poached eggs right the right. least Which, good sounding food <laughs> with right. a I th- with a martini. Yes, I, I've I've theorized that it's actually meant to be eggs Florentine, but just like that was mm. how they called it back then. Sure. That's kind of that's kind of what that yeah. is. But we've 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 had it, and it was very heavy. It makes okay. my stomach upset every time yeah. I hear it. I'm like that combined. Like I don't even drink anymore, but I know what a martini does to you combined with <laughs> eggs that are not all the way. And, and just so much cream, so much, so cream. much cream, just a recipe for disaster. Honestly, mm-hmm. gastrointestinal distress. It is not worth it. No, <laughs> but I would eat it if Kate Blanchett asked. She had to go back and sell dolls. Me too. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we, we we tend to think it's either that scene or when they're actually just kissing and making out in the hotel. Yeah, they're just right. sort of for the for the obliviousness of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. I could see that. <laughs> Oh, wait, also, mm, okay, this is belated, but like, just the entire conversation when Therese says like, oh, I I liked to play with train sets, which is, you might as well have said, oh, my favorite band is Tegan and Sarah. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) like, it's so blatant without her even fully realizing how blatant it is. Uh And Carol's just like, oh, one of us, are we? (laughs) It's like... Okay, Carol, she might just be autistic. That's a thing yeah, too. Yeah, they, yeah, we yeah. love trains. Um, she might just yeah, like it is. She might just have a tool belt because she likes a place to keep her tools. Okay. Maybe yeah. it's just <laughs> She drives a Subaru. It's practical. It's it's practical. She, she wears Doc Martens because she Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, twinning. Oh. <laughs> Um, I want to shout out this week also before we end uh, the many people who sent us Cameron Esposito's TikTok about the yes. movie Carol. Thank you so yes. much. 
And our um, friend Brandy, who actually was advocating for our podcast in the comments. Yes, we thank, it, we thank you very much. Yes, Cameron Esposito. We've discussed this on the podcast before, I think on the Paul F. Tompkins episode about how Cameron Esposito was once on an airplane and saw that they were showing Carol, but they had cut the sex scene out. Which and the kissing that, scenes. All the which kissing means scenes. that there was no kissing in the in the movie at all. And right next to her on the plane, there was some movie where, who was it? Was ball gagged? Like literally? Something. Yeah. It was oh, some, like other, it was some other movie. No, yes. it, it was it, some other movie that had an explicit sex scene. Yeah, basically right, right there. Um, yeah. and 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 somebody because Cameron Esposito is famous was like this became a huge story and it was like yeah. scale, sky lesbians. <laughs> to, to I remember, yeah. I remember hearing about that. Yeah, she wrote one tweet. Yeah, and then and then someone picked it up and then it became the pop culture news of the day. Yeah, gay um, people taking outrage too far. It's never happened, and I don't yeah. believe yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kate, I'm here to tell you. Uh, yeah, so thank you so much, everybody who brought that to our attention. I uh, appreciate all of you thinking of us whenever you think of Carol. Please continue to do so. Mm. It's, all, it's the right thing to do. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Thanks, Kate. Really no appreciate problem. it. I got um, you. <laughs> okay. Um, then if you could put Carol and Therese into any of the universes that you have written, Oh, where do you think they fit? Jeez, um, including your new original uh, uh things that are coming out. That, oh yeah, I'd them. love to put them into my semi autobiographical YA novel. Um, yeah. uh, please send C- <laughs> Carol into my past to save me. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. it is also about grooming, so you know it's fine. Um, oh. I don't know. I mean, I I would have that brief shot to bring them into the Marvel universe, but um just in in that one comic no but most of the rest of the stuff i've done is like a lot of kids stuff oh wait no i got it vampirella there vampirella we go would be extremely fun yeah just now we're talking just bringing them into the supernatural in whatever context would be very fun yeah uh-huh yeah here for it <laughs> rini mara has a great face for the supernatural she's good at staring exactly and being being scared she looks like a terrified little mouse all the time it's perfect <laughs> and we know Kate Blanchett can do it. She's yeah, already in yeah. the Marvel Universe, though. Yeah, mm. playing Carol. It's Wait. true. She's she's. I just I just remembered this. I just heard this again, and it, and it reminded me of this. She's in the fucking Borderlands movie that's going to come out maybe this year. Really? She's she's playing wow. she's playing the siren from Borderlands. She's in a video that's game wild. movie. I bet they paid her. That movie is I mean, insane. Yeah, the check clears. I it's. You know, she's got to get away from her husband somehow. <laughs> <laughs> you hear she's going to be in the Owls of Gahul too, <laughs> but she insists on doing it live action. Gahulier no. than thou is what it's called. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> uh, on that, do we have anything else you would need to say, Alice? Or? Uh, I think we're good. Okay, great. Uh, well, as we say every week here on the best idea of all time. Uh, first of all, shout out to my sister who was like, the best idea of all time was great this week. And I was like, oh, what happened? What were they talking about? Because I forgot the name of our podcast. We're doing great. Perfect. <laughs> oh, every, uh, how, Kate, how do people follow your comics? Where should we go? Or, or what should we follow? Okay. If you would like to find me on Instagram, I am Kate Leth. My website is kateleth.com. You can find links to pretty much everything there. On TikTok, I am Kate Lethargy, where I make little jokes and talk about my top surgery. Yay! Congratulations, by the way. Thank you so much. <laughs> As we say every week, 
Thank you for listening. And Therese resumes piano. Therese <laughs> resumes piano. <laughs> Thank you, Kate Leff. Thank, you, Thank so you both so much. What a treat. Best Idea of All Time is hosted by Laser and Alice. Our theme song is Easy Living, as performed by Flower Links. Find more information about them in our show notes. The show is edited and produced by me, Alice. And if you'd like to find more information about our show or how to contact us, go to bestidea.gay. We also have merch available at alice.deals slash bestidea. Once again, that's alice.deals slash bestidea. Please tell your friends about this show especially if you are friends with Sarah Paulson. I'm pretty sure I've said this one before, but it's still true. Please tell Sarah Paulson about our show. <laughs>